Big D Entertainment, in association with Dipsy Doodle Productions, presents The Dave Holly Hour. Brought to you by Posh Boutique at the Bridges at 57th, The Sky in Tea, XL Chiropractic, Quality Nails, Jesse Moffat Entertainment, and Sonny's Pizzeria. The Dave Holly Hour features Sioux Empire Arts and Entertainment Conversations. A true lover of arts, entertainment, good food, and fun times, including an occasional Jack Daniels. Okay, so a few Jack Daniels. Here he is, Dave Holly. Welcome, Sioux Empire Arts and Entertainment lovers. Picture this a local photographer that takes great pictures of local musicians on stage. We chat with Sonia Osteen about how she captures those just right moments. Then we get caught up with Augustana University professor of jazz and saxophonist extraordinaire, Brian Hannigan. Plus, we'll tell you who gets this week's honorable mention, as well as draw for another winner of Pizza with a Podcaster. But first, let's pop the cork on this bubbly little show. Time to grab your favorite beverage, lift it high, and toast it to being Thursday, a.k.a. Weekend Eve. Hey, the weekend isn't around the corner, it's here! So long, hump day in your frumpy way. We say hello to Thursdays with opening nights. The weekend is near and we can see the bright lights. Yes, Thursday, you're so hearty, we can't wait for Friday, so a day early, we start the party. Whatever you toast with is partly dependent on when you happen to be listening, but that is the beauty of a podcast. You can listen whenever, wherever, however you wish. But if you're like me, it's time to relax and have a little drinky-poo, so I happen to have a highball glass with Jasper Newton, better known to the regular individuals as <laughs> the regular individuals. I like that. Huh? Better known to most people as Jack Daniel along with some Diet Coke and a little bit of lime. But you might be having a beer, so get out your mug. You might be having a flute de champagne, a glass of wine. You might uh, be having some toast, so maybe you're having coffee or tea and crumpets, or you're having milk. Or, if all else, have some water, okay? But here's what we're toasting this time around. We are toasting to coincidences. The little dinks, you know. Some people say that uh, there are no such things as coincidences. I still like using the word, though. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm kind of on the fence on that agreement there, though. But I do want to say there were a lot of them in the past week. On Saturday night, went out to see a local band. While there, happened to run into a former co-worker. Then, on Tuesday, getting set to host trivia at Chasers. This lady comes up to me and says, Do you remember me? And I'm sitting there looking, going, Boy, your face looks pretty familiar, but I can't put a name with it. And it was somebody I used to worship with about 15 years ago, and her name is Brenda. And it was uh, great to see her, and uh, like I said, probably been about 15 years. Uh, And then just yesterday... We needed some heat in our apartment. Well, the HVAC guy from JNR Mechanical shows up, and the guy's name is Guy. Guy Johnson. He's the former lead singer of Stone's Throw. He's going to be starting a new band, and in fact, if 
you play bass? He's in need of a bass player for that new band. Here's his phone number, 951-225-2096. No, you're not calling Southern California. He used to live there. That's where he bought that cell phone, got that number, and you know how it is with cell phone numbers now. you got to dial up the whole number anyway, uh, so it's not going to cost you anything extra, all right? But uh, coincidences, boy, we had the triple threat of them here in the past week. Moving on. It's time to pick a lucky winner of Pizza with a Podcaster. Everyone that follows a Dave Holly Hour, whether on Facebook or Instagram, is automatically entered. We draw one name each week, and this week we say congratulations to Ashley Olson. Wins a pizza from Sonny's Pizzeria. Congratulations, we'll be in touch to get you all set up for some jowl-dropping, show-stopping, thin-crust pizza. Pizza with a Podcaster brought to you by Sonny's Pizzeria. Right across from USF at 26th and Waltz and Sonny's at 81 on South Phillips. Check out the very fun and incredibly flavorful menu online, sonnyspizzeria.com. Ooh, I do love that stuff. Honorable Mention. So what made Dave smile, laugh, guffaw, whatever? You know, something that made me happy, even if it was tears of joy. Well, it was Saturday night when we went to the Thirsty Duck to watch the band Rewinder. Perhaps you remember Valerie Ahrens, the lead singer, lead female, only female, I believe, of uh, Rewinder. And she was on the podcast a couple months back. Saturday night was her last night with Rewinder. She's turning her attention now to theater. It was so great to see her on stage and uh, she was knocking it out of the ballpark once again, as she always does. She's a tremendous talent. And so I can't wait to see what she's going to bring to the theater world. Honorable mention this week to you, Valerie Ernst. Take away. Later in the show, from the wonderful world of jazz, Brian Hannigan. Coming up next, local photographer Sonia Osteen on the Dave Holly Hour. Helping women feel empowered and confident is what Posh Boutique at the Bridges at 57th does while supplying high-quality clothing that fits your lifestyle, personality, and price point. Whether you want comfy and cozy, casual attire, or something for a special occasion, Posh provides quality, selection, and value. They carry sizes extra small to 3X and have something appropriate for any age. Feel empowered and get confident. Posh Boutique at the Bridges at 57th. Ladies, when it's time to give your nails some love, get that extra special treatment from Quality Nails on South Minnesota Avenue in Sioux Falls. Manicures and pedicures that look great and make you feel fantastic. Zaya and Tony provide professional care for your hands and feet, whether you just want the basics or an extra special look with added flair. Oh, and guys, it's okay to treat yourself too. Quality Nails. Call for an appointment. 605-334-1463. For him, every day is a Holly Day. Here again, Dave Holly. Welcome back, everybody. Yes, I gotta say it. It's always a pleasure to talk to Empire Arts and Entertainment, especially when you get the opportunity to talk to somebody you haven't had a chance to talk to before. Sonia Osteen from Osteen Photography. How are you? I am good, and I'm going to correct you on my name. It's Sonia. Oh, you've got a long O. Okay. 
like Red Sonia. There we go. Thank you. I, I appreciate should have told that. you that. <laughs> but when it comes to the promo stuff that I do, it'll still spell S O, right? Yes. Okay. All right, Sonia Osteen from Osteen Photography. It's still a long O on the Osteen, right? Yes. <laughs> All right. Yes, Irish. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Well, great to have you. I mean, we've been around each other a few times, never had the chance to get introduced to you. Sure. A mutual friend uh, that was also at Supercon, as were you and I, mm -hmm. said, hey, Dave, this is Sonia. Sonia, this is Dave. Dave, I think she should be on your podcast because she does some really interesting work with photography. And that immediately said, yeah, got to have it, uh, because I love photography, for one thing. Originally, when I was growing up, I thought that's what I was going to be, was going to be a photographer. And that's back in the days of, um, you know, I started off with a 110, <laughs> moved up to a nice. 35 millimeter. Uh, and uh, I still, if I ever run across a pawn shop or an antique store that has the Pentax K1000, mm. I'm going to buy it, because that's oh my what gosh. it was. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But so I've always had the interest in it and uh, just love what you do. Uh, I guess, you know, especially what I see. And in fact, here's a great case in point. Uh, Saturday night, uh, we had a chance to watch Rewinder for, for just a little bit over at uh, the Thirsty Duck. And it was uh, Valerie Aaron's last night. And so I thought, oh, man, I got to get a picture of her up on stage. And so I go up there, and she also happened to be dressed like Freddy Krueger that night. <laughs> and so I get the picture, and, you know, for a ca small camera, not bad, you know, on a phone and everything. But then I take a look at your pictures, because you do a lot of entertainers. I do. And it's like, there's just such a difference between what you snap versus what you have as a photograph mm -hmm. and how do you describe it the the type of photography that you like to do you know because you do a lot with entertainers musicians bands especially and mm -hmm. so forth but what do you enjoy about that just the spontaneity i think of it because you never know what might happen on stage or who might show up on stage and i mean the other night i was at a metal show which i am not very metal myself <laughs> Um, <laughs> but the first metal group that I did was pray for villains and I shot them again the other night. First, first show I went to of theirs was at four winds in August. Okay. Had my first experience with a mosh pit, like got shoved, stepped on. And I was like, okay, first experience with mosh pit. Great. I'm in my forties. <laughs> Woo. And then the other night I was in front of the barricade shooting. Cause that's. You know, so I could be up close without people in front of right. me and to avoid the mosh pit. Hopefully and I, a little security in that. Yes. And I still managed. I have a cut in between my oh, eyes. Oh, no. With a bruise. I tried to cover it with makeup. <laughs> I have no idea how I got it. <laughs> so, so. Oh, yeah. You know, the perils of photography. I mean, seriously, happen. you never you never know what's going to happen. And I think I was walking around with like dried blood on my face and I had no idea that it was there. And I was talking to people and I'm like, great. And they probably just thought, oh, yeah, pretty they cool. They probably thought it was yeah. like my, oh, I did it intentionally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what got you started? Well, so it's kind of a weird story. So um, I like weird stories. It's kind of meandering. So bear with me. Um, so when I was a kid, my dad had cameras and he had 
a friend who had a lot of cameras and mm -hmm. I would go to the, the friend's house. He had a granddaughter that was my age and we would hang out and whatever. And he had all of these cameras in the basement and I was just fascinated by them. And my dad ended up buying a couple and then I started kind of playing around with them. And then my dad also got a video camera and I kind of was starting on the path of like maybe being like a director, doing movies, mm -hmm. something like that. And then like eighth grade, I got into writing and I was like, okay, I could do movies. Like I can write them. I could direct them. Like I was really just kind of into the whole thing. And then sad part, my mom got sick with Alzheimer's. And when I hit high school, um, I was about to, she died my junior year of high school and I was about to like, my senior year was gonna be all photography classes, all art classes. And then I ended up moving to the Twin Cities. I was living in Wisconsin when where she died. And um, then I just sort of like went to writing versus photography. And so it's kind of like, you know, that path, you know, like the universe, I'm like, the universe I think wanted me to do photography, but because right. of my life circumstances, I went towards writing and had a lot to write about yeah. <laughs> with the Alzheimer's. And then, yeah, and so I just kind of stuck with writing. I had um, a consulting business for a while, a while, 10 years, um, doing like social media, websites, just content marketing stuff. Mm -hmm. And then my husband and I moved here three years ago. I started at Avera, just being a writer again. And it was great. And I just sort of felt like I was being pulled in another direction. And my husband and I actually got married last year on Halloween. And he got me for my... Well, happy anniversary. Thank you. In a week. I know. Um, and he got me a camera as my wedding present because he knew that I had been kind of like wanting to get back into it. And so it's really only been like the last year that I've really, really been back into it. And just like in April, I was finally like, I'm just going to do it. I ended up quitting at Avera this summer and just sort of started focusing full time on photography oh, again. Oh, wow. Good for you. Yeah. So when you first got interested, seeing all those uh, cameras that you, you know, a couple that your dad picked up and, and so forth, were we talking 35 millimeter yet at that time? Yeah, 35 millimeter. There were some like 110s, okay. like Polaroid. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I love Polaroid. Um, my husband actually shoots more Polaroid than I do. He really? Has, he has a bunch of cameras that he's collected. and uh, Oh, very cool. Yeah, so like, it's fun. We'll go. We like... <laughs> We like going to cemeteries. We got engaged in a cemetery. Um, so we like going to cemeteries. He'll shoot Polaroids. I'll shoot regular. Hence the Halloween <laughs> anniversary date. <laughs> yeah. We actually got engaged at Mount Moriah out in Deadwood. Oh, wow. Yeah. So on Halloween. So we got two years ago, we got engaged on Halloween. Then we got married last married year on, on Halloween. Halloween. Yep. I love it. Yep. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, uh, when I got into it, I, I even had my own dark room at the age of 15. That's awesome. And just, you know, but it was black and white because people don't understand the difference in black and white versus uh, developing color is all the temperature control and mm -hmm. the plumbing and everything else you would need for that. Yeah. So we, we didn't have much air, but I, too, uh, you know, picked up a an eight millimeter camera. Oh, Uh and was thinking kind of along the same line, but I never really got into the videography part mm -hmm. of it. Uh, and I, I still love to take stills. Now, my question for you, with all the people you've taken pictures of, do you take selfies? Not really. <laughs> I don't have a lot of pictures of myself. Like even, I mean, I've always 
I, I've always considered myself a photographer, but like, you know, just getting back into it, like I barely have any photos of myself, yeah. like just in general. Well, I'm, I'm the opposite. I have lots of photos <laughs> of me. But, you know, it's it's tough to get a good selfie. My wife and yeah. I take selfies wherever we are together, you know, some event, uh, especially when we go into the theater and, yeah. and catch plays and musicals. But uh, there's one that we got at a bar about a month ago, and it's perfect. Nice. And it's like, okay, we could probably stop right now because that really captured it. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is it you like to capture? You were talking about the spontaneity of the people on stage, you know, because you never know what you're going to do. But what uh, is it that uh, you go, that's the one? Like on stage or just in no, general? Well, in general, but to also specifically on stage because I'm just enamored by that. Because, uh, you know, when I was wanting to get into photography, one of the first books that I was looking through was about being a freelance photographer. And the guy had a picture of a musician on stage, you know, with the lights in the background. And it was in black and white, too. Mm -hmm. But it still just had so much telling the story to yeah, it. Yeah, I love oh, I love black and white photography. Um, yeah, I think... What I what I like to do is because musicians don't tend to smile a lot. I've noticed when they're on stage, so I I will try my best to get someone smiling, and the metal guys will probably hate that I got several of them smiling <laughs> the other night. <laughs> you can hold those photos for ransom, right? I know, but they turned out really good, and I'm like, well, that's how because like I don't know the metal kids are always so nice, even though they sing such angry music, right. you know? And to, like, actually catch them smiling the way that I see them when they're not on stage, mm -hmm. it's like, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's been the most difficult thing for you, uh, getting back into photography? I think just giving up a steady job. Yeah. Again, the, you know? The jump to make something a profession. Yeah. And it's, you know, I'm a very, <laughs> I'm a very anxious person and I like to know things. And so like probably being an entrepreneur is not the greatest profession for me. Um, but I've always been an artist. Like I wanted to be an artist since mm -hmm. I was very, very little. And I just, you know, my, my parents' friends would joke. Cause I would always say when I was a kid, um, that I was going to be an artist and I was going to take care of my parents and then their friends would joke like, well, she's going to have to live at home if she's going to be an artist, right. you know, and and I didn't obviously get it when I was five. Um, but, but, like, <laughs> but like over the years, it's like, yeah. oh, at yeah. that point, you had to stay at home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, oh, yeah, they had a point. But I and I just don't think it's fair that artists have to starve to do what they love, you know, and not all of us starve. But right. like it takes it's it takes a while to get to that point where mm -hmm. you're not starving, yeah. I guess. Well, and, and I applaud you for doing that uh, and jumping into it full time. And that's one of the, you know, there's a lot of great things that happen in uh, the Sioux Empire in terms of arts and entertainment, but there is one misconception. People don't realize how many are making a full time yeah. and striving to make a full time out of their art, whether it be visual art, photography, music, writing, um, uh, directing, yeah. acting, and so forth. And it's just, there are a lot that do it, and it's such a great thing to see. And that's why we always advocate support the arts, yes. no matter what that art might be. Yeah, and just, I mean, I think, I'm trying to remember the first show I shot, because um, I, I became friends with um, Jason Ways from Collective Arts. Mm -hmm. 
collective efforts. I'm sorry. Right. Sorry, Jason. Collective yeah. efforts union. Um, CEU. <laughs> yes. And uh, he's been, you know, we've kind of been partnering. I've been taking photos at his shows and stuff. And um, it's it's just been a really good way for me to kind of get back into it and stuff. And I totally forgot what my point was going to be with that. <laughs> <laughs> That's what this show's about. There's a point to it. <laughs> oh, here's here's my point. Um, Your train gets back on the track faster than mine. <laughs> not very well. Um, Alzheimer's, you know. Yeah. Uh, I, I know how you're dealing with there. <laughs> um, but just from seeing all of the artists in town, the musicians and all that, and just seeing all of the talent that's just in South Dakota, I decided that I'm also launching a online music magazine just for South Dakota. No kidding. And I am launching it next week on Halloween. Okay. And, you know, I'm just going to kind of see where it goes. But I've got, you know, I've got some stories that I've written, you know, because I'm a writer too. Right. So I've written some stories and like I went to the um, South Dakota Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction. Oh, yeah. Like a month ago. And that was really cool. My and friend John Mogan. Yeah. Lifetime guy now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it was that was very cool to see, and like seeing all those kids perform, like the youth battle of the bands was so cool, mm -hmm. and just seeing what's up and coming in the state and stuff. It was like it was, I just I don't know, I just love it. I I just feel like music has a way of connecting everybody, mm -hmm. and you know you always feel something when you're listening to music. Whether like I don't understand people who don't like music. That's a tough thing not to like. Like, how do you not all like the music? all the gen genres yeah. and, and all the different things that you could go with? Uh, certainly, there's something out there that makes the brain go, "Boy, that's beautiful," or "I enjoy it," or "It gets me pumped up." Whatever the feeling you need, yeah, would be. But we'll come back and we'll talk about that uh, more <laughs> in just a moment. I want to finish up on the photography part? Sorry. <laughs> oh no, that's fine. I, I'm see if you wouldn't have gone there, then we wouldn't have had that at the I end. Know. I would have just kept talking about photography. I know. So it, it works well. <laughs> Yes, I got, you know, talked about on a particular um, television show after I'd interviewed a couple of young ladies that are the co-hosts. And the next day they were talking about having been on my show and say, boy, that certainly went off the tracks quickly, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so feel free to go off the tracks anytime. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but to finish up on photography, because you did work with 35 millimeter. Mm -hmm. And so you know about apertures. Uh, what an f-stop means yeah. what that uh, i always loved the uh, correlation that you know getting the right picture about having the right shutter speed and the right aperture was like mixing the hot and the cold water on a faucet and, and i loved that analogy yeah and one of the obviously there's great things about digital photography you know i I think it's fantastic, you know, and uh, with what you can do uh, to, to get nice big prints and, and so forth, uh, it's great. But you still need to have an understanding of what makes that a great photo. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I don't think there's that uh, in, in a lot of people that pick up a digital camera now mm -hmm. and say, boy, this thing's nice. Look at all the different settings we got. Yeah, and I think, like, I always have my camera set on manual still, yeah. even now, um, because you can control it. Like, sure, you can set it to, like, the automatic setting, but, yeah. you know, the camera can only do so much. Right. Like, the camera's going to do what it thinks you want, and it just, 
Kind of like autocorrect. Yes, (laughs) exactly. Stupid autocorrect. (laughs) And it's not going to turn out the way that you want it to. So, yeah, I've played a lot. That's kind of what I've struggled with with digitals because I I got so used to film. Right. And knowing like how my film was going to turn. I mean, now I can actually see the photo immediately and know what I have to change, which is nice. But like with film, it was like you actually had to really, really know what you were doing to get the right picture or you were going to have either all blown out photos or too dark photos or whatever. And I think I'm, I was lucky that I grew up kind of in that in between. Right. Before. So got that old school yes, training. Yes, I did. First. Yeah. And so I feel like that really helps. And also I, I can't and whatever, it's fine. They're good photographers too, but I can't stand it when people just look at the viewfinder and take their photo with a good camera. Right. I always have my, which is probably how I got this kind of my, <laughs> my camera probably slammed me in the face is probably how I got that. But like, I always have my eye up to the, to the viewfinder. The, the viewfinder yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, and only, I only use the, the, um, the other, I can't even think of the word, <laughs> the, the live view. Um, if I'm like shooting high so I can actually see, you uh, know, what yeah, I'm because, doing. You know in, in the days that I was really into it, I actually had one of those eye cups. And just had the one eye and yeah. really looking at, you know, every single angle and every detail. Oh, no, there's a there's a cord for a lamp behind that move. <laughs> yeah, I just I feel like I can see better when mm-hmm. I'm looking through the viewfinder because you can you can tell like right. where I like to I like to do crooked photos a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It's just kind of one of my style things. And um, and I and I think that kind of adds to kind of you know the music aspect of it is that they're right. kind of unconventional in that way like most people just shoot them straight on or vertical or whatever so all right uh typically how many shots does it take for you to get that one you know i just sometimes like i'll take i'll know if i got the what i needed and i'll stop and then there's nights like the other night where i don't know what's going to happen and i just keep shooting mm-hmm. and there weren't there weren't they weren't all winners you know obviously because i just kept shooting but um i mean i probably pull like 300 per show Mm -hmm. and then like you know then i edit those down so you know besides the mosh pit what what's been the most uh, exciting part of your photography well let me think um do you know who Laura Jane Grace is? Yes. Yes. I shot the show that she was in. Um, like it was right the weekend of Supercon. Um, and I got her pointing at me and telling her, telling me that I couldn't use any photos of her mouth open or whatever, because uh-huh. she said that she didn't like the way that she looked. <laughs> but then, it, but it like, obviously it was like tongue in cheek, but that was very cool that I kind of got it, uh-huh. got a shout out from her. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and I did notice that uh, you do have a picture of yourself with the actor Jim Beaver. I do. From Supercon. Oh, yeah. I did take selfies at Supercon. Because <laughs> I love... Busted. I know. I know. I was... I mean, I was working Supercon, but I was also, like, fangirling right. at Supercon. So, yeah. yeah, I got a picture with him and CJ Graham yeah. and Deborah Voorhees and uh, Noah from NeverEnding Story. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. So you were working it then. Well, I mean, I was 
you know, volunteer photographer. Okay. You know. Yeah. Well, good. I was a volunteer, but I was yeah, doing I, photography. I was a volunteer. And, I think uh, everyone was volunteers. <laughs> so. Uh, and uh, so you got, you know, that picture of yourself with him. Yeah. Uh, I interviewed him. Yeah. And uh, apparently afterward, he said to um, Shane Gerlach, the chairman yeah. of the, the big poobah of Supercon, <laughs> my God, what a voice. Yes. So that's going all over anything I can use for promotion now. <laughs> you do have a great voice. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> all right. All right. So let's move on then uh, okay. to talk about this online music magazine that's yeah. going to have. Where is it going to be? How are we going to be able to uh, pick up the so online it's going, mag? So it's going to be called, it's just going to be online. Mm -hmm. um, no print right now anyway. Um, just sodakmusicmag.com. Okay. And yeah, it's just going to be like, I'm going to interview just local musicians, mm -hmm. probably have photos from shows happening around town, kind of just kind of tap into what I'm already doing kind of thing, but like try to just go kind of more in depth, more than just like, why, what, did, one, where, why, why yeah. did you get into music? Yeah. <laughs> like I kind of want to, you know. This particular lyric you wrote now. I know. Yeah, I don't want it to be that. I want it to be the musicians as actual people and mm -hmm. like, you know, who they are outside of being musicians and, and that kind of thing. And I'm I'm friends with um, Dave Saul of Pale Norse. Okay. He's Pale Norse. And uh, he lives like a block for me, him and <laughs> Jay White. And I love them. And they let me shoot one of the White Wall sessions oh, um, wow. that they did a while ago. Yeah, and it was uh, it was Pale Norse with a bunch of musicians from other bands around town, and it was very very cool. I think they had Night Shield, they had um, Martin Dill. So yeah, it was very very cool. So I'm gonna have something about that in the first issue. Right. So, what's our, our uh, time frame on? Um how often we'll have this is going to be a monthly type thing that you I think for? yes I think I'm going to start it off probably monthly maybe mm -hmm. I'll go bi-weekly once I have enough yeah, but if it yeah, gets rolling, yeah yeah once it gets rolling I think I'm going to I'm not putting too much pressure on myself because I do that and I don't want to <laughs> I want everything to be perfect and I know I'm, not everything can be perfect all the time but I just don't I don't want to stress myself out by saying yes I'm going to do it every two weeks and then not have something yeah. you know what I mean yeah I know it. When I when I started this, um, and, and of course, my wife hates it when uh, I talk about this. Um, I wanted to make it a weekly, uh, but I also, having been through a whole bunch of crap the previous ten years of my life, knew that you can't hold yourself to things too much. So I, I started off the bets that I'm hoping to make it weekly. I'm just not going to promise anything because I know how life can throw you curveballs. Yeah. And then I was able to do a second week <laughs> and then a third week. And then pretty soon that meant I was past how many episodes my wife thought I would make it. <laughs> <laughs> and now here we are in three years. Nice. Nice. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but, uh, you know, it, it's don't put the pressure on yourself to go beyond yeah. uh, what you you know you're, you're going to be capable of. Yeah. And uh, so I'm very much looking forward to this. And yeah. uh, will you have a paid advertising in it and so forth or hoping to? Or? You know, I'm hoping to. Right now it was it's just sort of something that I think there aren't really any music publications around here right. and so it's just something that i saw a need for and i'm just gonna kind of see where it goes so if i get paid advertising great like i'm not mm -hmm. i'm doing it more for the people here 
and that are doing the art some exposure yeah yeah. then you know then trying to make money i mean sure making money would be nice this is me the starving artist saying talking about like how i need money and then i'm not having any well the podcast gets me 12 bucks a week (laughs) (laughs) but yeah like i just there's I'm just amazed by all the talent here and I just I feel like they aren't uh, getting the exposure that they need and hopefully I can help with that a little bit. So. Right. And, and hopefully get them some uh, better paying gigs too. Yeah. Oh, oh man, there's so many good so many good ones that I've seen and I'm just like, wow, you yeah. guys are from here? Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I always love, uh, you know, in any entertaining I've ever done, well, can't you do it just for the exposure? Uh, no, you heard about me. How did you hear about me? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, let's pump things up a lot and we want to keep advocating for arts and entertainment yeah in the sioux empire all right the final two questions sometimes first question means i don't have to ask the second but the first one is when you're not part of the arts and entertainment crowd what do you like to be entertained by oh horror movies oh wow hence the halloween engagement (laughs) the halloween wedding yeah my husband and i actually we moved here from delaware i don't think i said that um and we worked at a haunt. It's like one of the top 10 haunts in the country as actors. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and that's kind of how we found each Like we didn't find each other at the haunt. We found each other on Tinder. There's nothing wrong with Tinder. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Swipe. <laughs> but he, he, um, he swiped right at me because I had like a bitmoji with me and a Jason mask. And it was, we met on Friday the 13th, oddly enough. <laughs> Yeah, I know. What a story, right? And yeah, and so then... Your memoir itself is going to be a bestseller. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I've been wanting to write a memoir my whole life almost. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, and so we worked at a haunt out in Delaware and kind of bonded over horror and, you know, weird stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, then the follow-up question, any other hobbies? Any other hobbies? Um... I don't want to say other hobbies because you're doing it as a profession. So it's not yeah. a hobby, but still, you know, do you have hobbies that, uh, you know, you have some free time? Yeah, I'm honestly, I'm trying to get into like t-shirt making. Like, Did you buy a cricket too? Huh? Did you buy a cricket too? No. Oh, you went bigger than a cricket? No, I oh. am doing it all just sort just of. Just design right now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like I've got some ideas. Um, we're going to have a booth. Uh, the first weekend in December at Washington Pavilion. Um, Excellent. Yeah, so my husband's going to have some of his Polaroids. I'm going to have some prints for my photography. Mm-hmm. Like, we're, we're, it'll be the official launch of Osteen Studios. Uh-huh. So, like, as an art thing. So, yes, come in. Photography. Come in by my stuff. Um, Music magazine. <laughs> yep. Yeah. T shirts. Yeah, talk about doing too much. Um, yeah, and just having like I I like doing like just weird art projects. Like I bought leading up to our wedding, I bought a bunch of like old jewelry mm-hmm. that I wanted to try to use for something and like I started like taking mirrors and like spray painting the mirrors and then putting the jewelry on there and like making designs. And then we well, originally we were going to get married in Deadwood and we were going to be a group costume with masks. And so my husband and I made all of these custom masks that we never ended up wearing because we ended up getting married in Sioux Falls. 
And so we might be selling those and like <laughs> I use some of the jewelry on those. Like I've got a Jason mask that's got like flowers on it and like pink and yeah, it's very cool. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Sonia Osteen, it's been great getting to know you. Yeah. Great meeting you and talking about uh, art and entertainment, your photography business and uh, the fact that you are also a writer and you're going to combine that, put together a South Dakota music magazine. And uh, so tell us where people can find out more about your art um you can find me at osteenphoto.com and i am also it's kind of the same thing on instagram i'm osteen.photo and if you just search osteen photography on facebook you can find me all right fantastic thank you so much appreciate your time yeah thank you and we'll be back with more of the day poly hour in just a moment comedy magician and hypnotist jesse moffitt's right he can't play the piano, but he can sure entertain crowds with his amazing magic and clever quips. His shows always make the participants the stars, especially when they've fallen asleep on stage. Uh, I mean, they've been hypnotized. Are you the party planner in your group? Then you owe it to your group to make the event magical, even if it puts you to sleep. Here's how. For booking information, go to Jesse Moffat Entertainment on Facebook. That's J-E-S-S-E. M-O-F-F-I-T-T or call 605-929-0964 It's another Sioux Empire Arts and Entertainment Conversation on the Dave Holly Hour. Welcome back, everybody. It's always a pleasure to talk Sioux Empire Arts and Entertainment. Earlier had a first-time guest making his back his way back to the show, though, saxophonist extraordinaire, Mr. Brian Hannigan. How are you, sir? We're back. <laughs> Great it's to nice have to you. you yeah, I like to see you too, man. Mm, thanks for uh, having me, man. Yeah, yeah. Really it's always it. it's great, always talking with you, and uh, great seeing you play, hearing you play, yeah. and uh, people are going to have the chance uh, to uh, hear something new from you. Been working uh, you, on some new music. Yeah, you've got a yeah. new single coming out, right? Got a new single. So that one's the furthest along in the queue. I have quite a bit of new music that's that's written. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one's the furthest along in the queue. So I have a new single uh, called You and Me. And I released uh, a teaser on Instagram and stuff mm-hmm. on my social media uh, of the tune. But like, it's essentially a smooth jazz ballad. It's definitely in the smooth jazz category. Which I've never written any charts in that vein before, right? Or, or in that genre, um, and so it's new for me to explore that uh, space a little bit. And it <clears throat> it wasn't intentional. It the the tune came from a piano riff. There was a riff that I played uh, that I thought I needed to build a song around, and that's what came out of it. So. So, so yeah. it wasn't one of those where you said, "Well, you know, Brian, you're this old, and you've done this much." Let's expand the repertoire. It's funny that you ask, well, because I had created a record previously that's definitely art music, some type of um, art rock or jazz uh, rock, something like this. So, but it was very much art music uh, intentional. And so this is uh, quite a bit different. It's easier to listen. It's more easy listening, Mm -hmm. I would say. Um, it still has the tune still has um, some improvisation built into the chart um, but then it's mainly just a simple melody and a little bit of uh, improvisation and yeah that's the tune so it's called you and me 
it's about my recent marriage to right. my wife, Lynn. So it's called You and Me and how we're exploring this new life together as, as a married couple. And um, what else can I tell you? It's, uh, so I produced all of it in my office. Okay. <clears throat> so I've got, there's, there's tenor sax on it. And then there's um, piano that I've overdubbed some electric organs and also some strings into that and then some different types of basses. So there's like a, an electric bass sound, I think, in there and then also uh, an acoustic upright bass. And so there's a lot of warm colors and I like the, the addition of the strings. Um, and now <laughs> I think it could, it's a stand, it could stand alone. The truck could be released now as is. Um, but I've reached out to a friend of mine that plays drums, <laughs> Bryce Job. <laughs> <clears throat> and I sent him just like the mix of the chart without drums in it, obviously, because it doesn't have drums yet. But uh, I asked him, I was like, what do you think about adding drums to this? And he thinks it would be a really good idea. Mm -hmm. So now I'm just kind of waiting on Bryce and then also Mark at the warehouse oh, studios Mark here in town. Oh, yeah. Because I want Mark to produce the drums because <clears throat> I can't produce drums. I'm not getting into that. Um, that's above my... I need an audio sound engineer. I need a... a a cat that does that yeah. to help me with the drums. Because drums are really important and they're really hard to sound. They're really hard to get captured on, I don't know, on, on a recording. It takes a minute. You got to get them EQ'd just right or it doesn't sound quite right. So, um, And the other thing is you also have to make sure it doesn't sound like it's about drums. Right. Because <laughs> it, it's has the to smooth be part gesture. Of the whole. But Bryce is going to bring so much energy to this. It's the, the chart has some energy already, and I think that the drums is just going to give a, uh, a rhythmic drive to the tune. Yeah. And he'll be able to blend himself in and uh, and then also give it some punch, too, like you know he's capable of and and, uh, and does quite frequently. So. Well, and, and that's one of the great things about the jazz, especially from my point of view. What I love about it is, uh, besides the improvisation, the, the way that uh, people can meld themselves into something. And yeah. uh, so I... I have the feeling it's going to be great, uh, just off the way that you talk about it, but also knowing the way that it all works now, you know, and how that uh, can come together. So, you got to be excited about this. It's exciting. I have, you know, as as the tune is developed, like I said, it just came from a piano riff, and I'm like, well, crap, uh, what is the rest of this? And so I figured out the rest of it that that works well together, and it, um, it's, you know, it's it's kind of going between a major major mode type of sound and a minor mode type of sound. Um, and exploring those two spaces, and um, as it as it was as I was writing it, it, there was some other things coming to fruition. Like, oh, what type of video? Like, should we should we engage like a uh, video engineer and try to make like a music video for this too that could tell a story, mm -hmm. not just not just with the music. Like, the music is its own piece. And you can get a lot of different things out of it from listening, but I think the, there's a visual component that could there, there could be a, a story told with video. So <clears throat> stay tuned on that piece. <laughs> I'm, I have a guy in mind. He doesn't know it yet, but um, <laughs> he'll, he'll, he, he's probably interested. And then I have some ideas on what that could maybe look like. Um, but I have like minimal video editing jobs. Um, and so I'm going to probably have to outsource some of that if I want to get the job that I want done. I mean, I could get the job, but it's like, I have so, yeah. 
Plus, you're a little limited on your time. Once you get to a certain level, you need to engage people that are, that's their craft. True. And hand it off and let let them look at it with their eyes and see what kind of art they can create. Yeah. That's the spirit of collaboration. Is the iwi in this? Uh, Not yet. I mean, I thought about layering, (laughs) doing some layering things there. Uh, I don't know. It it isn't currently, but I could explore. Explain to those that have never uh, seen you play the iwi what the iwi is. The iwi is, well, it's it's an acronym. The it's three letters E W I. It stands for electric wind instrument. But more practically, what it is is like a wind driven synthesizer. Yeah. So it's like if you could if you could if your keyboard had breath control, and with that breath control and vibrato control and things that horn players deal with, mixed with all of the capabilities of electronic keyboards, is basically so it's. It's a very versatile, unique instrument, and you, and you rightfully so. Like when you add it into a composition, it does definitely add uh, a new color, a new sort of timbre to to the music or to to the soundscape of whatever's. Yeah, it's uh, kind of interesting. Yeah. So, how many instruments do you play total? Well, I. I'm primarily a saxophonist. Right. So, like the soprano, alto, tenor, barry, horns. Um, <clears throat> I have an EWE. I'm, pr- I'm pretty versatile at that. I feel pretty comfortable in most environments playing that instrument now. That's taken a while to work that instrument up into like sort of like artist level, mm-hmm. air quotes or whatever. But <laughs> um, I, can, I can play a little flute and a little clarinet, but not as a s- standalone soloist, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Like I can double on it and play like written parts and small little riffs and things like this, but I can't yet like totally rip on like a flute or something. <clears throat> I want that skill, but I'm not actively working as hard as I should be <laughs> on my doubles, but uh, that's that's uh, self-admittedly. But um, And then I, I play some piano. Okay. Um, I've been playing more and more piano in the last couple of years than I ever have. And I think that's benefited me <clears throat> like completely as a holistic musician. My writing has gotten better. My sax playing has gotten better. My understanding of harmony and form, um, rhythm, even my rhythm has, has improved by, by studying piano. And, and, but I, I tell you, it's, it's, it's an interesting grind when you, you have an art, like, uh, a, a very high level of, performance and technical ability on some instrument and then you go to another instrument and you're relearning stuff because you want to have the same level level of musicianship on these other instruments and you have to literally start from the ground up and confidence too and confidence i'm asking jeremy Hegg all the time he's a couple doors down like what voicings are you using on on major seventh chords and stuff like that and so um it definitely takes a village you know to grow yourself on these other instruments but i'm finding it so rewarding especially the piano i think it's such a universal instrument um guitar is like that too uh you can just kind of get going and then cats are writing all this music and so i i think it's important for me specifically that i'm using um the piano to write with because um you can you can write better i think with 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 that instrument because it's it's polyphonic. The saxophone is monophonic. So saxophone, <laughs> you can write really, really nice melodies, but then you got to figure out the harmonic underpinning and stuff. And so you either got to know your chops with your theory and stuff, or you got to play some of these instruments. I think that's the best way to learn is grab some of these other instruments and, and try to get a basic level um, 
of understanding on them. So then you can communicate um, that language to someone else and also in your own projects and your own writing. And, yeah. and you also, you actually do that because you are a, uh, in, at Augustana University. And uh, so let's talk about uh, what you do there, what you're teaching and what sure. all you were involved in and how you get this from Brian Hannigan into students saying, boy, I'm so glad I took a class from him or I learned this from him and so forth. Yeah, you know, it's funny. We're all students. Um, when, when you talk music, we're all students of, of the game, if you will. We're all students. We're all learning at the same, at the same time, just at different we're at different levels, right? So, but um, being the director of studies at Augie, uh, one of the classes that's unique that we offer is a blues, jazz, and rock history course that mm -hmm. I'm teaching. And in that class, I'll see students that are music majors specifically, and I'll see students that are majoring in everything under the sun. Excuse me. Because it's under that course is a requirement for some of our music majors, depending on what degree they're seeking in music. But it's a, it's a degree requirement in music, but then on the on the back end, it's also it can suffice a gen ed requirement of our core um, requirements in um, an American experience course. And so a lot of these non-majors, if you will, are taking my blues, jazz and rock history course um, to suffice that requirement. And then along the way, I'm hooking them up with all of the, the, the music of, of America. Essentially, I mean, we learn about uh, blues and jazz and then we pick it up in the 1950s with rockabilly all the way through present day in both genres. And um, they get to really <clears throat> see how the music manifests. How did jazz music uh, manifest and how, does, how, did, how did that play an influence on rock, early rock music and rockabilly and how all of it moved forward. And then jazz music was copying what <laughs> rock music was doing in the 60s and things. So it's, um, I think they get a lot of out, out of it. And, um, and then I'm also able to offer, especially in the jazz and blues con uh, content, I'm off able to offer a, you know, um, a unique perspective since I'm, I'm a player of, of, of the horn. And so I do a lot of demonstrating live mm -hmm. and I do some demonstrations on piano as well. And, and then when it gets too crazy, obviously we got to play the recordings, uh, <laughs> some of these artists that we cover, but uh, it's, it's a wild ride. It's, it's a good time and the students uh, seem to enjoy that class quite a bit. What about other things you teach? Um, other things I teach, I, I have a big band, an 18, well, what is it? Uh, it's like a 17-piece big band. Uh -huh. um, and we're taking those those cats on the road this year to Spain on an international oh, wow. tour. Yeah, and so I've got a, a heck of a group this, this year. And uh, we got a concert coming up, and we're, gonna, we're, we're calling it the, um, the Ella Fitzgerald Songbook. We're doing five Ella Fitzgerald tunes. It's, uh, she, she came out with a record with Count Basie Orchestra. Mm -hmm. So we're doing five tunes off that record. Awesome. Um, with this female singer, Elizabeth Trigstad, another AU student. And we're taking some of that music on the road. We're taking the music, the big band era music on the road. So there'll be the, excuse me. There'll be some, quite a few Duke Ellington charts in there, Count Basie charts. Um, there's a few Woody Herman band charts. There's Glenn Miller band charts More Chopper's in there. Ball. Yep. Oh, yeah. Um, who else we got? Uh, there's some Glenn. I think I said Glenn Miller already. Um, there's a couple of Benny Goodman charts in there. Mm. And anyway, you get the idea. Yeah. So, um, And then we're going to throw in a couple modern charts. We're going to do a Mambo, um, which is another count basic chart, Mambo <laughs> in. But, uh, and then some other modern charts. Uh, we're going to do a Young Blood, Young Blood Brass Band chart. 
just sort of like showcasing American jazz yeah. on this tour. And we're going to go to Spain and we're going to, it's what is it, 14 nights, something like this. Excellent. When's this going to take place? So it's in January over J term. Oh, wow. So it's, I can't remember. It's like the 8th through the 28th or mm -hmm. 8th through the whatever. Um, and what about those of us that don't live in Spain? We get a chance to experience this at some so point? So some of this, yes. Um, some of the tunes that we're taking to Spain, we have a, a concert coming up on Tuesday, November 8th. Okay. Uh, 7.30 oh, p.m. Election day. On election day. Yeah. Yep, Tuesday, November 8th, 7.30 p.m. in Hammy Recital Hall on campus at Augustana. So if you want to see some of the music that we're bringing to Spain, you can check that. Concert out for free. Um, and also on that concert will be our jazz combo which I'm coaching. They're playing a couple compositions. Uh, Horace Silverchart, Song for My Father, and a um, Stolen Moments, that Oliver Nelson chart. It's a nice mm -hmm. minor blues. Yeah. And also on that bill is opening for us is our Augustana rock combo. And so our professor, Jeremy Hag is coaching the rock Who? combo. <laughs> professor Jeremy <laughs> Hag. I know it. Uh, he, he, he would probably agree it's, it's, um, it's a new title for him. Yes. But he's more and more involved at August. He's teaching Good. quite a few different courses. And uh, he's coaching our rock combo. So they're doing like a Cindy Lauper tune um, time after time. <coughs> Excuse me. And, oh, dang it. I can't remember the other tune they're doing. Um, but at any rate, it'll be a nice uh, compilation of uh, contemporary, you know, contemporary music, jazz music and some contemporary music, some rock music. So. I got to uh, see Woody Herman one time. Was, you did? Yeah. And, and I, I had to borrow five bucks from somebody to buy the album. <laughs> Vinyl hit. Yeah. A long time ago, obviously. But, uh, man, you know, you, you hear some of that song, mm -hmm. and, and some of that worked back then, and you love it. How it hasn't survived like it might have mm has -hmm. always been a mystery to me. But I'm glad that there are opportunities like this. First of all, that students can learn about it, uh, and second of all, for the public still to enjoy it. Yep. Uh, you know, one of the, my favorite things this past year at the Levitt was uh, one year big band that plays down at Okoboji. Yeah, the was jazz on stage. Big band. That was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I, I just love things like that. Uh, but I, I like it when I can see younger people getting into it, uh, and yep. so look forward to that. Uh, and also. Uh, I know that, uh, you know, in the past, uh, you've been a part of Jazz Camp. Yes. Uh, sadly, there, there was not one uh, this past year. We didn't have one last year. Yeah. We tried to give it a go. We, we were just short of making the enrollment numbers right. to make it run. Uh, good news. We're running it again this summer. And the registration, we just submitted a whole bunch of stuff to admin about Jazz Camp. I think all of the stuff gets live December 1 or January 1. Fantastic. It's coming up. We're like the registration and all mm -hmm. the marketing and stuff will start happening for it. And so um, cross your fingers. We're hoping to resurrect the jazz camp this summer. Awesome. And it will be at yeah. Augustana. So um, and hopefully uh, a partnership with the Levitt for our concert. Oh, um, man, that would be as excellent. an opener. I haven't talked to Nancy yet about yeah. that, but it's an email that I'm, I need to write. Nancy. <laughs> so Nancy, Close if caption. you're listening, I need to talk to you. <laughs> but we'd like to collab with the Le Levitt if they'll have us. We were going to do that last year. We had it all set up mm -hmm. and then we didn't get the enrollment numbers to run the camp. 
So we're I'm gonna tr we're gonna try to do it again this year. So how many do you need then? What what's the 20, the magic number? There's like some some number in the early twenties. Okay. I have to look again. But it's it's basically just covering the cost of um, the operations of the the camp. Basically paying the all the cats that we need to run run the mm -hmm. sectional coaches and the the, the big bands and this. Yeah, because I, I was involved. I was involved in that uh, last summer. Yeah, totally. uh, and just. Thoroughly enjoyed it, uh, and that was part of uh, the Sioux Falls Jazz and Blues Society, yep, and yep. part of Jazz Week and so forth. But right now, uh, we're kind of at a crux when it comes to the Sioux Falls Jazz and Blues Society, aren't we? Yeah, it's we're just in, in sort of in like a, a, a stalling, a stalled period. Uh, I think those cats are still uh, working some stuff out on their end and um, looking for some leadership. And um, once they once that happens, I think the, they'll start to cook it up and get it going again. We are going to be collabing with them on this event, okay. this, this jazz camp. And so um, we're going to give it a go. Good. Um, and um, Because going back to the point I was making about young people being it, that was right. fantastic. It's, it's, a, it's just a perfect opportunity for those cats to, to get exposed to the music and get exposed, um, uh, not exposed, but get uh, coaching from... Yeah. from very high uh, caliber high caliber professionals that are around this area you know um and so it's a win-win there so hopefully i i think barring any crazy circumstance it, it's looking we'll get her real, done. real bright yeah yeah that will get her done and back happening here that'll be fantastic summer. so did you yeah. uh when, when you were growing up did you go to a jazz camp let's see or was yeah, more uh, just a band camp I went to the Augustana summer camps as a kid, and there was a jazz component. Mark Isaacson was running the band back then. Um, and so I was doing the jazz band through that. Uh, I did, uh, at the time, uh, when I went through high school and, and middle school and stuff, um, the Jazz and Blues Society, I think, was created when I was a junior in high school, like 2002 or three. Mm -hmm. And I was in the band for two years. I was in it in 2002, and, or sorry, 2003 and then 2004, or however you look at that, but for two, two years. And it, that's, that was a really big opportunity for me. I, mm -hmm. I, I played like baritone sax my first year, and then the, the next year I played alto, yeah. And Mark was running the band back then too. But, but the, the all city thing was very new. Uh -huh. And then I, <clears throat> I got a scholarship from the Jazz and Blue Society to go to college, um, to go to my under, to get my undergrad, and um, so yeah, it was, it, uh, it I greatly benefited from the the Jazz and Blue Society um, events. There's mm -hmm. a whole bunch of different events over the years that they've they've had, and um, any of them that they do is a win for these kids at, the, at this age. Yeah. Um, and it's very unique. It's not, you know, there's a lot of arts communities that don't have something like this. And so um, hopefully we can get it all back and, and, and rocking and yeah. rolling. So that they can uh, get into uh, being in different combos and starting their own bands, things yeah, like that yeah. along the line. And, and you're you know? seeing all sorts of students of this area, that young students that are having some successes out, yeah. out uh, uh, regionally, nationally, some of these cats internationally. Have toured with everyone already, uh, so they're all coming from here, and they were learning something from someone yeah. while they were here. And so, um, I want to contribute as much as I'm able to uh, to that education. All right, fantastic. Yeah. And uh, how many bands are you playing in right now? Let's see. So I don't know. <laughs> Especially a, when it's you know you go to our wine and it uh, it's a different trio name every week or yep. something. 
I played a collab with the Heg Brothers uh, last week, two weekends ago. It was part of an Augie alumni event, but uh, they're both grads, and so we, we formed a trio. That's the first time we've played a trio gig together in quite some time, so that was quite a bit of fun. So th there's, you know, there's some thrown-together type of uh, groups that I'll play in. Uh, Alex Mass is coming back to town in November, so I'm going to play a job with him. Um, I have my own stuff I, uh, going on, and then I'm in some other bands. I'm in Good Road from Sioux Falls, um, and a couple of different big... I'm in the Jazzed Up Big Band from Okoboji, right. doing that stuff. And, and then there was some, some traveling work that's come you know, through the Levitt show, mm -hmm. where I've played with some different groups. Like one, uh, one group that came through this summer was the Smithsonian Jazz Masterworks oh, Orchestra from D.C., and uh, they needed some cats to fill out that band, yeah. and so we played that job and uh, with, with some other locals here, and that was quite something. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I'm I'm staying busy. In fact, uh, <clears throat> I was telling my wife this: this coming weekend is the first weekend for me that I've had off, completely <laughs> off, since. Geez, I don't even remember because it's been this summer was pretty packed too. Right. So it's been a long run of uh, gigs in a row here, and I finally have a weekend off this this coming weekend. So. And you're going to take advantage of it. We're going to get some dinner reservations and probably watch someone else play. <laughs> so that's kind of how that goes. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, before we finish up, of course, uh, plug this the single coming out and uh, when we can find when we'll be able to get it and where we can find it. Sure. So, so uh, look for my new single, "You and Me." It'll it'll come out on all all digital all the platforms. platforms. Okay. Uh, once it's released, I'm trying to get that done as soon as we can. I think Bryce has a tour here coming up with Spill Canvas in November for about two weeks. So if we can't get into the studio to, to put the drums in in November, I'm really shooting to do that in December, and we can maybe have it out like January 1, maybe, or maybe right before the end of the year. But I want to try to get it out because um, i got some more music I want to start working on and getting recorded and getting out as well. So hopefully soon, but um, yeah. That's what I got for right now. Hopefully by uh, first of the year. All right. And uh, you, you've been through this drill part uh, of the show before. When you're not part of the arts and entertainment scene, what do you like to be entertained by? Uh, I got two puppies, uh, two mini schnauzers at home. They keep me really, <laughs> really busy. They like to go on walks. They like to go to the dog park. Um, so doing that, you know, just hanging out with my pops. Yeah. Uh, if Lynn and I are going to hang, we normally like to go catch dinner somewhere mm -hmm. and then watch some music while we have some couple cocktails. Yeah. And so we're just frequent, frequenting all the places that have live music around downtown. And there are plenty. And there's which quite is a great. few of those. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's, that's, that's it. Otherwise, I'm playing music, doing music mostly. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and, and you and I uh, have an affection for baseball. Yes. Uh, you're Minnesota Twins, at least, you know. Went a lot farther than the Cubs in terms of a winning record before they dropped below. Uh, and uh, were, were you excited about it at the beginning of the season? Uh, yeah, How I mean, did you, take you know, it in? The, the, the Twins, Minnesota sports teams in general are, are, are sort of similar in the regards that, like, they normally have a decent showing. They normally don't get, like, totally blown out and embarrassed. But, like, when, it, when the push, come, push comes to shove, they normally fall just a little bit short. <laughs> um, but, you know, uh, you can't win them all. Right. And so I was, I was telling you before the show that I have seen the Twins win in my lifetime. I haven't seen the Vikings yet. So <laughs> we'll see how that goes. All right. And my Cubs, uh, horrible first half, but after the All-Star break, 
I think they were nine or ten games above 500. So, yeah. you know what we can say as a Cubs fan then right now is just wait till next year. Wait till next year. <laughs> All right. Brian Hannigan, always a pleasure. Thank you so much. Appreciate your time, buddy. Dave Holly, the one and only. <laughs> we'll be back to wrap up the Dave Holly Hour in just a moment. Dr. Perry Langston and Dr. Corey Tooney know excellence is in you. That's why they provide you with excellent care at XL Chiropractic, improving your overall health in spirit, body, mind, and will. Get results the natural way. Arrange a consultation, 605-332-9235 or xlchiros.com. Excellent care for excellent people. XL Chiropractic, located at 4309 South Racket Drive in Sioux Falls. Sure, they have darts, and you've heard me talk about how ruggedly handsome the trivia host is, but all caps fun never stops at the Sky Lounge and Tea. And fun is best had with your friends enjoying live entertainment, as in live and local. Yeah, the Sky Lounge believes in giving you the best bands, solo artists, and comedians from the area. The Neo Johnsons, Elizabeth Hunstead, Skylar Volks, as well as many others. And a great staff will make sure you enjoy your fun at the Sky Lounge in T-South Dakota. Your time's up. Thanks again to those great guests, Sonia Osteen and Brian Hannigan. Thanks to the fine folks at The Source, where we hold this week's conversations. Most of all, thank you for your interest in Sioux Empire Arts and Entertainment. If you haven't so far, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Automatically gets you entered for Pizza with a Podcaster. And for all 153 episodes now, go online, DaveHollyHour.com. As Arts South Dakota says, home is where the art is. As I say, put some art in your heart. Remember, I'm Dave Holly, and for me, every day is a holiday. The Dave Holly Hour has been brought to you by Posh Boutique, The Sky in Tea, XL Chiropractic, Quality Nails, Jesse Moffat Entertainment, and Sonny's Pizzeria. If you would like to contribute to the continued success of this podcast, simply buy Dave a cup of coffee. Go to DaveHollyHour.com and look for a coffee cup icon in the lower left. Don't forget to stay up to date on the show on Twitter and Instagram. Follow the Dave Holly Hour on Facebook and you'll be automatically entered in our Pizza with a Podcaster contest. The Dave Holly Hour is produced in the Dipsy Doodle Studios by Big D Entertainment. Thanks for listening.